Yeah. All right. We, we got to think do, about like, some. Yeah. Do something <laughs> for the intro. We got to do something for the intro. Yeah, we should do something like before the music comes in. I know. What, what do you think we should do? I don't know. Like something funny? Or... That that probably. That, yeah. Hey, mm, let's do that. Mm, but we okay. need some help. I, mm, Paul. Do a thing, baby. Welcome back to another episode of Xtreme. My name is Zach. My name is Joey. And this is a podcast where we dig deep on your favorite video games. That's right. Today? And we have really good intros. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, So what are you going to say? Go, go on. Today we're doing Spyro. Yeah, we're keeping the going dragon. on Spyro. Spyro yeah. T-Dragon. The T is not what you expect it is. <laughs> you know what is it, it stands for? Is it two? <laughs> Spyro 2 Dragon? <laughs> it's actually Spyro Tyrese Dragon. <laughs> Tyrese. Oh, right. And yeah, it's canon. It's, canon is cannonballs. <laughs> anyway, uh, we're on World 2 right now, talking about right. the, the Peacekeeper's Realm. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we... What did we do before? We did World 1. That's Wow, fantastic. I'm going to do a slow clap. Paul, put in the sound effect of me doing a slow clap. Awesome. Nailed it. That wasn't even a clap. How did... What? Damn it, Paul. Um, (laughs) So we're starting off here in the Peacekeeper's Realm, which is a dichotomic statement as it is, because it's not very peaceful here. I guess, yeah. I mean, it look the background looks nice and peaceful, but there's shit going on. Well, I mean, the background looks peaceful enough, and then you look at the foreground and you see that it's covered with cannons and Napoleonic orcs. <laughs> so it's like peaceful in a sense, in the sense that like it's not peaceful. <laughs> right, that <laughs> kind know, of peaceful. You get me? Yeah, yeah, that yeah. kind of peaceful. <laughs> Where you're like walking down the street and you see like two homeless people getting in an altercation and you're like, wait a minute, that doesn't concern me. Do do do. Peace. Peace. I'm out. <laughs> just like that. Just like yeah, that. that kind of peace. It's <laughs> like, but oh the- shit, cannons. Peace. Yeah. No, I'm good. And I'll see y'all later. I'm gonna go into that portal over there. <laughs> uh, but yeah. So as you even just enter this realm, before you even see all that, you're immediately. Uh, you have to rescue one of the dragons who's there and basically just tells you, hey, you should be collecting treasure. Right. Again, but why? Why are we collecting treasure? I'm not, I, I don't know. really, I don't understand. Just because, like, you can. It's a game. That's true. I mean, that's just kind of how you got to do I mean, actually, they just mentioned in an interview a while back uh, that I was listening to, they just decided to use uh, to use dragons, like collecting gems, because it just seemed like the thing to do for dragons. Right. It's not not related at all to like Lord of the Rings or Smaug. Just just because it seems like dragons hoarding gold was the thing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, actually, funnily enough, 
You know who actually did the voices for all of these dragons that you're saving? The voices? Yeah. Who? It's just one dude. Actually, it reminds me of a clip, funnily enough. Uh, so let's like, quickly roll that. Keeping the Nickelodeon ties going, Clancy Brown, the voice of Mr. Krabs in SpongeBob SquarePants, provided the voices of many of the dragons in Spyro the Dragon. Number yeah, two. that was a clip. <laughs> that was a good clip. <laughs> I'm trying to make the transitions a bit more... <laughs> Natural? Yes, that's a word. <laughs> but yeah, um, it was very interesting to see uh, Clancy Brown, actually, of Starship Troopers and Highlander doing these voices. It was very cool. Yeah, I didn't know it was all the same guy. Yeah, he must have been really, really tired afterwards, honestly. <laughs> I mean, yeah, because... there's so many... It's a lot, a lot of dogs, a lot of, I was going to say a lot of dogs because I'm staring at my dog. <laughs> it's a lot of, a lot of dragons, not, not a lot of dogs. Lots of dragons. Um, actually, and funnily enough, on that note, on a voice acting note, I want to give a shout out to uh, Spyro's voice actor, obviously, uh, Carlos Alazraki, um, who actually, again, I, oh God, Joey, I'm like front loading us with clips. <laughs> it's Okay. Do it. I, play it. Can I can I play another one? Play the clip. Okay. Roll it. So you hear that voice, right? That voice uh, was Carlos Alice Rocky, who was I think who was I think that was his voice. The voice of the uh, Chihuahua on Taco Not Bell commercials. Taco Bell. Yes. Yes. He, he, did he... Wow, yeah, wasn't that cool? That was a cool clip. Yeah, because Carlos Alzraki, the voice actor for Crash Bandicoot, and your favorite dog, the Taco Bell dog. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that cool? That is very cool. Anyway, we're getting caught up in the voice acting. Let's talk a little bit more about the actual game. I mean, the voice acting is a part of the game, but you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Awesome. Uh, I did have a quick little issue just as we're still in the hub area here, just small, minor, minor problem. Okay. Um, we established already in World 1 that there was a way of understanding how to interact with enemies and what can and cannot work on them. Like, if they have chrome, you can't use fire on them because the chrome will absorb the heat and you have to charge them. Right. Problem is, in this section, they have a lot of enemies with chrome plates, um, but they actually do get hurt with fire. Right. So it's interesting because it's inconsistent with the game rules they've already established. Because they're trying yeah. to see initially, like, oh, don't worry. Well, every time you see a guard with chrome, you cannot use flame with them. Yeah. But hmm. it's just weird. It's an inconsistent game rule that I wanted to just yeah. kind of call out there. Um, but funnily enough, something that was pretty funny is just the AI on these on these enemies that you actually are able to flame. Yeah. And, like, it's just funny enough that I don't really care as much about the inconsistency. No. Because the enemy AI has so much personality, Joe. Yeah. Like, honestly, some, also, like, run... Also, but, yeah. it's just, like, the 90s. Wait, when did this game come out? It came out in the 90s, yeah. It yeah. came out in 98. No one cares about that shit in the 90s. This is true. I mean, like, honestly, it's so 90s. Like, some of the enemies, like... AI is super 90s. Like, one of them, like, moons you. Honestly, actually, <laughs> again, another clip. Uh, just, just another clip. Put it in, Paul, from, actually, from Tim Schafer and uh, 
that. Ted Price. Guys diving under the tents. That's so much detail and. But today's players, you know, I mean, for me too. I mean, like he just flashes of... butt at you. Yes. He just moons you. This is not a. This is a mature game. That was <laughs> like full on frog nudity right there, or norks. We got that. We got that. We one saw some nork. Right. Wasn't that hilarious? That was a good clip. My gosh. I mean, <laughs> even they were just like, oh, they got mooned. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's kind of funny because they initially started out, as we mentioned before, with a focus on enemy interactions with the main character. Right. So it's, it's good, good that idea. they're... Exactly. It's good that they're kind of carrying that over and really hammering it home. Yeah. It's like, uh, not a lot of games do that. Exactly. I mean, before it, it was usually just like, enemy goes left, enemy goes right, or enemy just right. goes in a straight line and doesn't pay you any mind. This one, the enemy's actively looking out for you. Not in a good yeah. way, in a bad way. Not like, it's not coming right. over to give you, like, sugar if you forgot. And it's like, here you go, my friend. Don't, don't walk over here. Yeah, no, it's more like, hey, you went in the wrong neighborhood, bud. <laughs> yeah, Pokemon style. Yeah, it's like, hey, check out my cool shorts. <laughs> <laughs> Except they're, like, wizards so it's like check out my cool robes <laughs> they're all so shorts <laughs> oh man <laughs> nice thank you um as we keep going though uh, we're still in the hub area here just a quick little environmental cue that i wanted to call out there's a bullseye actually on one of the towers there right. um and then you kind of realize oh wait okay i can't smash into it i can't use my flame on it what's the only other thing that i can do here uh well there's a cannon uh that was being used to shoot at me um can i potentially interact with that and then by just the suggestion of that with the giant uh target on the uh pillar you kind of like put two and two together like i am near a cannon there is a target maybe these two can work together convey it and then, boosh, yes, on the head, we have conveyance. <laughs> ring, ring, ring. Ding, 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 ring the conveyance bell. Paul, <laughs> make a sound effect for the conveyance bell. <laughs> that wasn't, oh, that wasn't even a bell. <laughs> okay. I think I'm giving you too many opportunities to be a dick. Should that just be the, our conveyance sound from now on? Maybe. Anytime we can have conveyance, we'll just play that clip. I'm we'll trusting see. you, Paul. I'm giving you so much power in, or, way in or, advance. Or maybe he'll just play a different clip every time. <laughs> oh, no. I I think we're giving Paul way too much power here. <laughs> I'm trusting you. You can't see it, but my eyes have bulged and my irises are wide. He does have his own bio on the website, so... That's true, actually. You can go learn a little bit about Paul on our website. It's theextreme.com. Holy shit. Yeah, again, if you just go to Google and type in It's the Extreme, now you'll find everything and our website. Yes! I took the time to make it look nice, but it will be improving over time and when I get more money to sink into it. (laughs) But uh, take a look and let me know what you guys think. No, I, mm, <laughs> no. Only if you really want to. Yeah, no. But this will continue to be a free show. Of anyway, uh, we move on to Dry Canyon. Indeed. 
one of the dragons actually sums up this area pretty well. Uh, I guess maybe I give it a voice because, I mean, Clancy Brown did. So um, I'm not going to do the same voice that he did, but I'm going to give it a voice. Um, Dragon in reward, good glides. I don't know. Seemed like the right voice for Dry Canyon esque area. Yeah. It's it's dry Canyon. It also just reminded me of uh, Aqua Teen Hunger Force when they get the <laughs> uh, that doll that says, "Everybody get to jiggling." <laughs> the I, uh, it sounds like the meatball. Oh, a little bit. I can't yeah. do it. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I was just saying, like, nothing. Like, if you play that back in slow motion, it's nothing. Paul, play that back in slow motion for, like, two seconds. See? Nothing. It's nothing. It's not words. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, this is a fair assessment of the actual level itself. Um, It's gliding is really used to open up large parts of this map. Um, Yeah. Because it, it actually really does test your ability to figure out and use these abilities at your at your best discretion. Um, and another actual thing, um, they're just, I don't know if they're just shooting the shit with some of these dragon dialogues, uh, but one other one that I, that I wanted to call out here was, when you were just a puff of smoke, we knew all about, and then nothing, and then blanks, and then just stops. Yeah. So, are they, like, trying to do, like, some character backstory development? Like, what's going on here? Or was that just kind of a throwaway line? Yeah. It was probably a glitch. If we don't understand it, it's a glitch. Yeah. That's, these the, these that's games the aren't meant to be that mysterious. Exactly. That's your, that's, your ki- that's your key tip for today. If you are in IT or talk to anybody who has a computer, or you happen to be the smartest of your computer friends... Uh, just go to them and tell them it's a glitch. They'll be like, oh, okay. And you don't actually have to, like, understand the problem. Yeah, that's You true. just say it's a glitch, and they'll be like, I get it. Thank you for your help. And then you just walk <laughs> back to wherever you were and say, thank God I had no idea what it was. <laughs> I hope it was a glitch. I hope it was a glitch. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, Joe, we actually, like... Let's take a second to slow down. This music here, it's super yeah. nice, right? Good call. It's like totally jazzy. It's super nice. Honestly, like the music up up till this point has been fantastic. Um yeah. actually all done by another uh by <laughs> you're not gonna believe it, but by Stuart Copeland of the police. Wow. <laughs> that makes <laughs> I sense. know. Right? It's kind it of sounds, sounds like it sounds like composed music. It does. I mean, it, it's because really, like the PlayStation at the time, it was CD based, so they could really use yeah. like the full bandwidth of the CDs. Yeah. Um, but though, no, I don't want to step on his shoes. We have a clip for this by actually by Stuart Copeland himself. Ooh, okay, so then, once I'm, I'm on the level and I've got a general attitude for the game, I have to within the atmosphere of that level have a lot of different changes happen but stay kind of in the atmosphere then I go back and I look for how to make those inner complexities more complex and to have uh, deeper sub layers um, and things that don't really hit you the first time 
but hit you the 16th Wasn't that cool? So that it can survive. That was awesome. I know, right? Man, Stuart Copeland. What a cool guy. That was a good clip. <laughs> You're really selling it. <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, this music has just been fantastic. I mean, like, even at points, like, he actually has this music, some of it featured actually on his own anthology album. That's how proud of it he was. Yeah, true. Like, why not? Why wouldn't you? I mean, I'd be pretty excited about it, too. This is a part of Stuart Copeland's career. I know. And I mean, it was actually the first video game soundtrack he ever did. Yeah. So that's like a big major moment to put in an anthology soundtrack. True. So, like, it's... I am so happy that he did that. Especially during the times, like, 96, when it was being developed... Like, mm-hmm. they didn't have sophisticated software. He really just kind of had to make do with what he had. Yeah. And, I mean... Like, he made his own shit. Yeah, I mean, it. that's just beautiful. Yeah, it is. It's art. It's art. Stuart. Art. Oh, it's Stuart. <laughs> Stuart. <laughs> is that how he got his name? Oh, his parents shit. didn't just name him Stuart. No, it's... Stu. His name was actually Stu, and then they added the art at the end after he became a member of the police. (laughs) They're like, Stu is not good enough for you. You need Stuart. Stu art. Okay, but maybe can we just call it Stuart? Because that kind of makes... Stuart it is. (laughs) Anyway, I got really sidetracked. There's not too much else to talk about in Dry Canyon. Yeah, it's a a fun level. It's like Zelda-ish, you know. Yeah, the whole game. it's exploring around. Yeah, the, the, all the levels are pretty similar so far. That's the thing. Like, they're barren a bit. They're they're just filled with what they need to be filled with. Yeah. And again, 96, you guys. Developed in 1996. So we yeah. cut a little slack. But it's great. Uh, it's like for, yeah. But there great. is a cool new feature. Uh, another new chest, I guess, conveying uh, a new function here. Um, with the, uh, explosive, uh, explosive payload chests. Okay. They're just a bunch of, like, uh, Chinese fireworks. Right. That you can light on fire, and then they explode, and a bunch of gems come out. But, again, you gotta be wary, because if you're near it while it's exploding, you take damage. Naturally. Naturally. So, it's, again, conveying to you, know, that there's gonna be maybe some areas where, uh, these Chinese fireworks might just not hurt you but maybe they'll hurt somebody else so kind of leading into uh, a later level they actually run into cool but yeah let's hop into the next stage here uh actually before we do that can we do a quick interstitial song because i like those things all right
got in such a way with music, man. Thanks for making those. By the way, if you guys didn't notice, like Joey is the sole man who makes all the music on this podcast. So give him a give him a clap. Paul, put in like a clapping sound effect. Yeah, that was nice. It was good. That was good enough. I'll take it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so as we move on to the next stage, the ice cavern, um, the a few there's a few things that I want to talk about here. Um, it introduces a new kind of any enemy that's covered in armor, obviously, uh, but mm-hmm. it can show that certain enemies in armor can slip depending on the environment that you're in. Yeah. Um, since we're in an ice cavern, uh, maybe not everybody has the best grasp on their feet. Um, so you can actually use this to ram into them and knock them off the edge. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's actually a hint actually prior to you. So hold up, like Paul, I need you to put in like a, an awesome sound effect here because the first time for the first time we have a hint that actually came up before the actual event. No, a dragon came out and said, hey, maybe you could, like, knock some enemies that have armor off the cliff. And then you run into an enemy that has armor that you can knock off the cliff. What? That was I know. so not conveyance. No, it's not conveyance at all. But at least it wasn't like you figure it out and then they say it five minutes later, like, oh, you know, you can do that. Yeah. So I appreciate that it's at least a useful hint. Yeah, it is very useful. And then uh, it actually helps you deal with them because there's a big large segment in there where it's actually just all these enemies. So if you didn't have right. that hint, you'd have no fucking clue because you can't uh, you can't use your fire breath on them. And it seems like uh, ramming into them doesn't hurt them either. So you would have yeah. to know, like, you just keep doing it until they fall off. True. Uh, but there's also a little cool little thing. There's gates with gem staves, 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 staves. Staves? Yeah, like multiple staves. Is that staves? Uh, is it? I don't know. If I'm wrong, send me an email. It's the extreme at gmail.com. That's I T S T A G X S T R E M at gmail.com. And let me know how wrong I am. Yeah, or right. You know. Or right. All right. Uh, all right. <laughs> all right. Uh, but sometimes they actually indicate uh, an area that you can glide to and find gems that are actually. Um, like not easily uh easily found right um they're worth more yeah well yeah there's like maybe an island that you could glide to that has some gems that you could get um and even actually you can get the gems that are like on top of the staffs themselves if you just run into them right um so it's an interesting little bit of i mean i don't know if it's conveyance but you it's it's not like any other ledge that you've run into at this point it's a it seems like yeah. it's inviting you to, to search. Yeah. The, well, yeah, this game does that a lot. Yeah, but I mean, even in this particular case, in this area, like mm-hmm. literally what happens is there are two staves. Uh, there's a two staves with the gems on top and like a half bridge that's kind of cut off. Yeah. And then there's nothing. So it's basically like saying that that's like that's like giving you a set of binoculars and saying, don't don't worry about it. 
<laughs> nice. Like, you obviously are going to go check that shit out. Yeah, come on. So you're going to go and figure it out, and then eventually you realize, oh, wait, maybe this could lead to places that I hadn't found before. Yeah. It's or sometimes it just game. leads to your death because there's another yeah. place later in there that just fucks with you. So who knows? <laughs> it's worth the risk. It's worth the risk. Uh, but that's all I got for the ice cavern. The cavern. Um, yeah, and then we actually move on to one of the cooler levels that I actually found. Um, night flight. Night flight. Yeah, because it's a complete shift in the gameplay. Do you know like, what I mean? Like, because you're flying and shit? Well, yeah, you're completely flying. Yeah. You're not it's... just gliding, you're flying. Yeah. Like, you can fly, you can fly. You can fly. It's like, mean, kind of like a bonus level, no? It's Yeah, I mean, it is basically a bonus level because yeah. you don't, like, lose on the level, but um, right. you definitely don't... It's not... You're not, like searching for dragons here right right right. so it's completely like out of the blue left field uh gameplay mechanically wise changing the formula and you're like whoa okay i don't know what's happening here <laughs> i guess uh i'll just follow the arrows yeah like thankfully they actually um so first off it's a time challenge so you know there's a timer in the corner um and you're like oh shit like i gotta keep i gotta do something but uh, it's pretty thank like uh, understandably, the level d- is designed in such a way that you will naturally figure out what your next goal is, right? Because it's kind of like the you're flying through rings or flying to attack chests or whatever, and they're all lined up in such a way that they kind of blend into each other where the next goal is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like you're going around and searching, and be like, fuck, fuck, fuck. What do I do? I gotta find it. Yes. No, so I mean it's, that's just—it's like a little stressful, but not really because it's fun. It's a little stressful, and actually, honestly, uh, I think the reason it was made so well, this, while this part was so engaging and fun, it actually got some outside help. Uh, there's actually got a clip for that. Um, funnily enough, uh, I. Uh, I don't have a segue for this. Just roll the clip. To make sure Spyro's glide felt right, Insomniac hired a rocket scientist from NASA, Matt Whiting. I mean, when you think about it, dragons and rockets both fly and shoot fire, so it makes sense. Whiting's training and flight control systems translated beautifully to a video game. Number So yeah, that's actually pretty cool. They hired a NASA scientist to help design this glide mechanic and the camera controls. Yeah, that's cool. So the fact that it was kind of maybe ported to these flying levels and the camera controls would be so intensely necessary to nail down for these flying levels because you're moving around so erratically. Yeah, it would just yeah, require... Yeah. I don't think it would require NASA-level knowledge. <laughs> but it is kind of cool that they went that far. Yeah, I agree. Well, I, at yeah. least for like one, like this kind of thing, you know? Exactly. Um, but I think we're... Is there anything you want to talk about with Night Flight here? Yeah. Let's keep going. Okay. Um, I, there's Cliff Town, which was a thing. Cliff Town, uh, yeah. It had more gliding. <laughs> and... Yeah, similar to the other levels. Yeah, a lot of gliding. 
Mm-hmm. And um, it had a lot of gliding. Uh, there was um, wait. There, there was, was um, also gliding. The, yes, yes, that, and yeah. that's about it. Like, there's nothing. We've already talked about pretty much whatever whatever happens in this level. Yeah. Um, there's a firework that you can actually shoot off that yeah. blows up a chest. True. Kind of a reference back to that crate that I mentioned before. Mm-hmm. But again, that's like it. It's like it. I mean, it doesn't make it a that's bad it. stage. It's just, there's nothing new for no, no, us good. to talk about. I like gliding. Exactly. Speaking of gliding, let's glide into a music segue. Whee! <laughs> oh man uh but let's talk a little bit about the boss here in this world dr shemp yes um yeah. seems like goodness. the bosses just like come out of nowhere there's they're not they're just like part of the level you know they are just part of the level but like on top of that just like the name dr Hello. shemp so like where did that even come from yeah uh what does that even mean what does it even mean? You actually, you know what it means? It means I have a clip to play. Yes. Within the code of all three original Spyro installments, there is a strange poem hidden in data files that features lines from literary greats like Shakespeare and Charles Dickens. The last line of the poem reads, and I always get the Shemp. It's not known what this means, but the word Shemp is used repeatedly in the Spyro series. Dr. Shemp is the name of a boss in Spyro 1, as well as the name of a trick in the Spyro 3 skateboarding minigame. It's thought that the word comes from the term fake Shemp, which refers to an actor that has his or her back turned to the camera. While you fight Dr. Shemp in Spyro 1, the player must attack his exposed back to the I hope that clear up some confusion or maybe made you have more questions so either that way was, either way is well, i think that was pretty <laughs> that was a good clip but actually originally what the clip didn't also say uh this originated as a developer in joke actually uh oh, when yeah. something didn't go according to plan the devs would say you got the shimp interesting interesting indeed uh but Take that in uh, into context with the clip that we've just played. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then as you're actually going through and fighting him, it actually makes a lot more sense because uh, you have to actually pay a lot of attention to how he fights you. Yeah. And what the dragon actually beforehand is telling you. He says, uh, you should watch his back. He meant that as like a, 
Okay, like, maybe this guy's a bad guy, but I'm going to come get him. But no, he meant <laughs> it actually literally because that's how you take this guy down is by hitting him in the butt. It's a little hint. It's a little hint. You got to burn his butt. Burn his butt. You got to burn his butt a lot. And speaking <laughs> of burnt butts, that's all I got for World <laughs> God, I'm just getting worse at these transitions. <laughs> worse mean, like, or better? I don't know. I mean, we'll figure it, that out pretty, in post. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Yeah. Thank you guys again for listening to another episode of Xtreme. Uh, if you want to reach out to us, there's a billion different ways. But seriously, the easiest thing for you guys to do, and I know that you'll remember because you're gonna write it down, is just go to Google uh-huh. and type in "It's the Xtreme." Just all one word. It's the extreme. I T S T H E X S T R E A M on then, Google. G O O G L E. In case you haven't heard of it. <laughs> I mean like you could maybe find us on like Bing or Ask Jeeves yeah. or something. Just go to altavista.com and then type translate in Google. <laughs> and then you go, find it. Exactly. You go to AltaVista, translate it into another phrase, and then go to Babblefish and then translate it back. And then go to Alfram, Alfram, Wolfram? I don't remember the name. And then then go back to 1993. And then go back to 1993, find the floppy disk. (laughs) That was funny. Anyway, thank you guys again so much for listening. Uh, We're going to move on to World 3 in our next episode. But uh, for now, we're going to. Don't forget to write that down. And goodbye. Keep it real good. That waka was a waka good wow. Thing. <laughs>